Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now, you've found it. This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio the largest radio social network in the world, with your host, Alan Smith, a veteran of OTR trucking, business entrepreneur, and the most recognized name for assisting CDL students and new graduates. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now. Okay, yes it does, and welcome back to the show. Today is Thursday, July 12th, 2012. Our number to the show, if you'd like to be a part of the program, 347-826-9170. And we are focusing on the state of Florida this evening, where we are located right here in Citrus County. So we're going to discuss a recent decision by the state to not only increase the cost of tolls, but to build additional toll roads in the state that is already in the number one spot in the nation for having the most toll mileage coming in with 657 miles across the Sunshine State currently. And um, this, this issue just isn't limited to the state of Florida. The, the building and increasing of toll roads and other toll revenue properties is happening all across the country, from New Jersey to Texas, from Oklahoma to New Hampshire. And, and, and many people are expressing their opposition to the measures, but why is this a concern with so many? So they, they raise the toll road cost by 25 cents. What's the big deal? Well, when you dig a little deeper into the issue, you just may find that there is a much bigger story to the legalities of this toll legislation. Our guest this evening is Sally Baptist, well-known here in Florida, a transportation activist and expert, founder of the American Statesman Organization on the web at AmericanStatesman.org, very politically active and has been fighting against the abuse of toll roads for years and has the facts to back up her statements. And, and, uh, you know, I just heard on the radio just a few days ago on Tampa 970 AM that foreigners are buying up American property and in fact right there in the Tampa Bay area realtors are seeing buyers from Venezuela, Ireland, Canada, China, just all over the world who are snapping up Tampa property at a whopping 10 million dollars a month. And what many may not realize is that this selling of America to foreigners actually has some of its roots within the toll roads issue. So uh, Truth About Truck and Lie, we're really not a political show, but this evening we're going to take a closer look at the transportation issue taking place here in the state of Florida. 
and why our guest believes that this new legislation is the highest tax and cost of living increase in Florida's history, and why she considers this to be a breach of duty by the elected officials, and why she is working to file a formal complaint against the state of Florida to block this toll road action that she describes as being grossly against the best interest of the people of Florida. And uh, Donna Smith, of course, is with me as co-host. Did you get everything going there, Donna? Well, I, I did, and I'm frustrated because I'm signed into this stupid thing um, um, on the, in the chat room, and it won't let me. I'm trying to say hello, and it keeps telling me to sign in, and um, I'm already signed in. So uh, one of our uh, listeners last week told me she had the same com- uh, complaint. She wrote to Blog Talk Radio. So if you're trying to talk and they won't let you and you're signed in, I don't know what to tell you because I'm having the same issue. Well, maybe try logging out and logging back in. Yeah, well, you know what? Um <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, that's too much work right now, huh? too much stress. Maybe right now, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, um, we'll uh, we'll get this thing rolling. Uh, this uh, toll thing is uh, quite a big deal across the state. We want to learn out a little bit more about what more in depth into this thing. And this report on the increase in Florida toll costs, courtesy of WESH Channel Two News, Orlando, Florida on the web at WESH.com. It's going up on all of Central Florida's toll roads, and whether you toss in a few quarters or breeze through the e-pass lanes, you will be paying more. West News' Kara Moore explains how the Expressway Authority is warning drivers. Toll booth workers have been handing out these little flyers to drivers this morning, letting them know that not only will tolls go up starting July 1st, but that e-pass customers will wind up paying less. Drivers who use toll roads will need to shell out some extra cash to get to and from wherever they're going. The Expressway Authority and Turnpike will both raise tolls 25 cents for cash customers. In some cases, that's a 100% increase. E-Pass and SunPass customers will see an increase of between 9 and 16%. The Turnpike increase goes into effect June 24th. The Expressway toll increase goes into effect July 1st. The extra money will be poured back into other roads, including, ultimately, the Wakaiva Parkway. The Expressway Authority and Turnpike have no choice when it comes to raising tolls, since state lawmakers passed measures that demand these increases every five years. So we're going to talk about it so you don't think toll roads affect you and wondering just what all the big deal is about. Well, we'll talk about it on this broadcast. Phone lines are filling up. Our number three five two four six five. Seven four seven six. No, that's that's not it. It's three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero. Oh, I'm reading hours. Yeah. Three three. Hey, hey, I'm on the roll here, and you stop me. <laughs> three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero. We're going to get the ball rolling on this broadcast. Florida toll road controversy, with our guest Sally Baptist of AmericanStatesman.org coming up on Truth About Trucking Live.
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. I hear from a lot of newcomers to the industry who still have that entrepreneur spirit that has made the United States of America the great country that she is. And many of them still have one goal in mind, and that is to someday have their own rig and become an owner-operator. Truth About Trucking Live is all about providing honest, reliable information about the OTR trucking industry, especially for those just beginning their truck driving careers. Running your own trucking business is part of the entrepreneurial spirit that has kept America moving since truck were first used by the military in World War One. If you're considering starting your own owner-operated business, there's only one name that you need to know, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing. LoneMountainTruck.com offers the best lease purchase plans in the industry. There's no huge balloon payment at the end, and when you make that final monthly payment, they hand over the title, the truck is yours. They require a very reasonable down payment, and the monthly payments are kept at an affordable $1,000 per month, and sometimes even less. A great inventory to choose from, including Peterbilt's, Volvo's, Internationals, and Freightliners, and all of their trucks are mechanically checked out, dependable, and ready to go to work. And unlike trucking company leases, if you choose to change motor carriers, the truck goes with you. It's your truck. Check them out at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free, 866-512-5685. LoneMountainTruck.com, the honest guys for the sweet lease deals. LoneMountainTruck.com. Man, it's crowded tonight. Care if I join you? Sure, have a seat. Sorry about the paperwork. <laughs> Name's Cole. Appreciate it. I'm Harlan, by the way. Here's a fill-up for you guys. Thanks, honey. Harlan, you look hungry. What can I get you? I'll have a Coke and whatever he's having. Back in a bit. What are you doing with all this paperwork, driver? Looks like you're tripping over your trip sheets. want to get a jump on these taxes before they jump me. There is a better way to manage your trucking paperwork. With TripSheetCentral.com, you're a login away from tracking every aspect of your business. TripSheetCentral.com organizes your information easily so you can see how your business is performing. That sounds easy. And it's fast. Time-consuming paperwork is eliminated with a low-cost monthly subscription. I no longer have to worry about invoices, settlement reports, or fuel tax returns. TripSheetCentral.com does that for me. Manage your business information securely with TripSheet Central. Visit TripSheetCentral.com at your next stop. This is Truth About Trucking Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at truthabouttrucking.com. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. Uh, welcome all the listeners I'm seeing here online. A lot of them from Florida, area codes 407. Uh, there's 239, uh, area code 830. That's Texas, so we have some Texas listeners here. Uh, uh, appreciate you tuning in, and we're back. Our guest, Sally, Sally Baptist of AmericanStatesman.org and her battle to stop the Florida toll road buildup here in the state. So, Sally, been a long time. How are you? Oh, it has been a while. I'm doing fine, thank you, with the exception of what's going on with our crazy government. <laughs> um, well, you know, I tell you, I, uh, I I just happened to hear on the radio where they said they were going to be adding toll lanes to uh, I-4, to really all the interstates, I guess, and, and uh, the first person I thought about was you. I thought, man, we'll be hearing from Sally soon, and sure enough, you're right in the middle of this thing. <laughs> yeah, enough is enough, you know. 
there, there's one thing I was going to say before we get into the nitty-gritty of what's going on with House Bill 599, the plan to toll everything going forward, let no road be untold is kind of what they're doing. Uh, and by the way, for those who aren't familiar, toll is a four-letter word for tax. So if you're a tea partier, you should not be for this. Um, but, you know, there's so much happening in our country. And I think what's happening with this toll road, which is what I've said for years, is symbolic of what's happening across the board and across this whole country. America being for sale, having people who don't represent us, they're out there making money for themselves and, and sacrificing us and totally violating their fiduciary duties to represent us. And, you know, as, and when I talk to people about this, everybody's upset. Every, I mean, I, I very rarely, with the exception of the special interests, who are the ones making the money here, um, very rarely do citizens, um, t you know, fellow American patriots out there, um, disagree with what I'm saying. They say it's wrong what they're doing. They're annoyed by it. They're outraged by it. They want something done. But when you say, well, okay, I'm going to do this. Do you want to help make make a difference here? Then all of a sudden people back off. And this has been somewhat of the frustration. I'm like, I think America is going through some kind of identity crisis. Americans are going through it. Uh, we've talked on AmericanStatesman.org, blog, blog talk radio, excuse me, American Statesman, blog talk radio, about Ameriphobe and the different things that are happening to our culture. And Americans seem to have to have an identity crisis. I'm like, Americans used to stand up for stuff. They used to believe in something. They used to be willing to take a stand. But, we you know, we have been um, terrorized by our government, the tyranny of this government, to say that you're not allowed to speak anymore, the politically correct stuff. You're not allowed. There's free speech. It doesn't exist. And people have backed off. And, you know, uh, it's the uh, – I believe it was Jefferson – if, who said, you know, if if uh, when the government fears the uh, when when the people fear the government, there's tyranny. When the government fear, fears the people, there's liberty. The the people fear this government, and as long as Americans continue to fear this government, we're, it's going to go downhill. And and truly, I sent out an email um, after um, Independence Day and say, you know, if Americans will not stand up and defend this country, then the truth is that's the last Independence Day we will have. I think our country is at such a point right now, the brink of destruction, the, the fall of the Roman Empire, the fall of the American Empire, is upon us if Americans will not stand up and defend this country. Uh, one of my favorite sayings was, um, God grants liberty only to those who love it and are always ready and guarded, uh, ready to guard and defend it. Um, and I believe those are so true. Those words could, could not be more truer than where we are today. Uh, this was a quote from Daniel Webster, uh, 1782 to 1852. So it's nothing new that you have to stand up and defend liberty. Um, and please, for those who are in Central Florida, do not get this Daniel Webster mixed up with Congressman Daniel Webster. I guarantee you they're not the same. <laughs> they, they don't think the same at all because Daniel Webster here, while he may be a Republican in party, he promotes toll roads. He promotes the public-private partnership, which sells out the toll roads to the foreign interest, and those all lead to the Agenda 21 situation and some of that stuff, too. So please never get those two individuals mixed up. Um, but the thing is, right now, I'm going out there on a limb. You know, I, when this happened, when they said, okay, going forward, we're going to toll everything, which is basically what House Bill 599 did, and then just this past weekend, or excuse me, this past week on Tuesday, I went to the Orange County Commission meeting while they signed the paperwork, passed the bill, passed the funding 
for what they call the Citrus Bowl renovation, something that the private sector can easily do. If the people really want pro sports here in Orlando, in Central Florida, the private sector would do it. But they're going to take tax dollars, tourist tax dollars, and spend it on a Citrus Bowl renovation while they're telling us they don't have enough money for the roads. They're they're into the private sector of pro sports, yet they won't do what they should be doing, which is highway infrastructure that we are all dependent on, that we can't just simply go out to the Walmart and buy, you know, these kind of things. And the private sector cannot provide you. So, Well, listen, I I mean, before we jump in here and go full force, I mean, uh, I mean, I was like you, too, once I heard this. I started asking people when I was out, you know, working the night shift, running into people, uh, you know, what do you think about the toll thing? And, and uh, I didn't find anybody who was for it. And But why um, – I mean, you know, they raised uh, – one of the raises that went up like 25 cents. I mean, why should people even be concerned over the addition of future toll roads and costs? I mean, it, uh, you, isn't it just a matter of keeping up with the transportation infrastructure and this will do it? <laughs> of course not. Yeah, that that's I think the most important element if, if you don't get anything else out of this show today is to please understand that toll taxes have nothing to do with transportation. No more than if you want to call what's going on with health care has to do with health care. Obamacare health care. This government is so corrupt it will do anything it can to take the money from the people. It, it's just it's totally they totally don't know what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, and, and I when I was at this commission meeting on Tuesday, I spoke to this one commissioner, Ted Edwards is his name. I said, Commissioner Edwards, where in the Constitution does it say the government's supposed to pay for pro sports? I don't see that anywhere. How does how, Why are you guys doing this when the private sector could do this? What, you tell me you don't have enough money for education, for law enforcement, roads, but we can, we can afford to, to renovate a citrus bowl to play football? So what is what is with you people? <laughs> so this has nothing to do with managing the people's money. And even if they truly do need more money for transportation, uh, highway transportation in this case, and we'll talk about mass transportation because that gets into this mix as well, there are much better ways to to raise the funds at a less expensive cost so the impact would be minimal. And for anybody, one of the other biggest um, – to me, fraud, I call it frauds out there, on the toll road scam, is they say, well, Grandma doesn't drive, so why should Grandma pay for the roads? Anybody that thinks that logic, you're drinking Kool-Aid, the the political Kool-Aid that these idiots are giving you, and you're going to pay the price for it. Well, guess what? Meals on Wheels did not get to Grandma's house by being beamed over. Uh, The groceries did not get to Grandma's store by being beamed over. Uh, the plumber did not get to Grandma's house by being beamed over. So everything Grandma needs is going to go up. Her cost of living, all of our cost of living, is tied to that transportation. So Grandma will pay for those toll roads. And locally, what happens too, especially here in Central Florida with the with the massive toll roads, because I-4 truly is the only thing that doesn't have a toll on it right this moment, is when you go and make local middle class and lower income people, uh, when you are charging them this kind of a tax every day, when you're putting this onto their their disposable income, they're spending a hundred to two hundred bucks a month in toll taxes. That's just money they didn't spend in the stores. So your sales tax go down. 
and also you, you're harming your local economy because now they're not going to the movie, they're not going out to eat, they're not, you know, they're cutting back on other things because they're paying toll taxes. And toll taxes are the most expensive way to raise the funds. Toll collection costs run somewhere in the neighborhood of 20%, where collecting the toll ta- or a gas tax is less than 1%. So it's just it's a scam, and it's all this insider, and I call it insider trading because it's collusion of government and the private sector and how they operate these things and who gets the money. It truly is a scam against the, the welfare of the people. And when they did this this time, I mean, I fought this. We did manage to stop them from doing the tolls once before. We, we stopped it on I-4 a while back. But, you know, they will go at it just like with SunRail, which I nicknamed ScamRail here in, in Central Florida. They... Um, they keep going and going and going because these people are just about the money for them and their and their special interest. They don't care about the people. I, I mean, with the exception of a few like the Ron Pauls out there, very, very few people who are elected to, to public office today truly represent the interest of the people. I do not know, and I will say, for the sake of the Orange County Commission, there were two commissioners who wanted to step back and do some additional research on the cost of the Citrus Bowl renovations. But the others would not go along with taking a second look because they feel like the county is getting stuck with a bigger part of the bill than the city. And I won't go into the details. But they wanted to step back and say, let's take another look. But that didn't happen. And then once they could not get that piece, the amendment put through, they just voted for it. I said, well, okay, I might as well just go along with everybody else because, you know, I don't really stand for anything. But I pretended to care. I pretended to care for two minutes while I said, well, I don't think about this, and then they voted for it. <laughs> this this is the ethics of these people. They have none. They have no ethics, and they have no loyalty to the people. And you got to understand that part. And that's why, you know, when I was talking to begin with, it is up to us, it is up to the people to change this. And I am not in any way promoting any kind of violence. I want to see, and if the people out there are as mad as I am about this, are you, are you going to sit on the couch and watch the football game, which definitely I'm not going to do. I've, I've seen enough of the Citrus Bowl mess. Uh, are you going to sit there and watch the football game, or are you going to do something to defend this country? If you are going, if you're willing enough, if enough Floridians and Americans across the board, but for this particular cause here, Floridians will help me, work with me, we can make a difference. I can't do it alone. I really can't. I don't claim to be um, some kind of superwoman or anything else, uh, but I can. We can do it together. And what, oh, what, I mean, yeah. I mean, this this is a big thing. I mean, obviously you can't do it alone, but you know it. I mean, you uh, you brought up you brought it up a minute ago that kind of made me think about how uh, you know we and I we I don't think anybody can argue or most most anybody that I know will argue that you know we're we're just sitting back giving up our rights, but. You know, it sounds simple enough, but I think people are just politically burned out and that they have become accustomed to having the government at, at any level, local, state, or federal, just ride right over them. I mean, take a look at the fact that the majority of Floridians would vote against these toll increases and additions, yet the state went ahead with it anyway, and we see this type of action by all levels of government. It doesn't matter what the what the people say. If the people say, no, that we're going to do it anyway. And that is the part that makes what I'm trying to do here, uh, and it really, it truly was not a uh, original idea. I will give the uh, the original idea to um, Thomas Pastore, that Tom Pastore, who has been an activist with me and uh, Charlie and some others here locally in in Central Florida, 
uh, the thing about fiduciary duty. But before I give, go into the thing about the fiduciary duty, the, the th three things I'm going to be asking people to help out with here and that I want to know, are you serious enough to stand up and be counted? One, are you willing to participate in a lawsuit, which is going to tie into the fiduciary duty I'm going to talk about? Two, are you willing to participate in some kind of a caravan, massive demonstration up on te in Tallahassee at the Capitol? And three, are you willing to participate in a Monday morning or Tuesday morning rush hour jam of the toll roads? Are you willing to send a loud message? Because, I mean, you're, you're adults out there. You're gonna, if you do it, you're doing it on your own. Don't come trying to sue me because you've got a ticket or something crazy. <laughs> you're an adult yeah. and you'll make your own decision. But are you willing to stand up? I've told everybody, you know what, I'm going after this. I am sick of the tyranny of this government against us. The corruption in the tyranny has to be stopped. Uh, live free or die. If I lose it all, I lose it all. Whatever happens, happens. The only thing I can say is, dear Lord, I think I'm doing the right thing. Please watch out for me. <laughs> and that's really what it is. And, uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, you know, uh, and, and Donna, let me pull you in here because we deal with this a lot in the trucking industry with what, everything that we do. I mean, it's it's real easy to get people talking, but uh, it's a it's another story to get them it's, involved in participation. Well, first of all, hi Sally, thanks for coming on tonight. Hey Donna. And uh, next, it's like pulling teeth, and it isn't that the, a lot of people don't care; they do care. But they'll put things, uh, we live in a very fast-paced society, and they put things on the back burner, and before you know it, uh, it doesn't get done. So it's a constant struggle to constantly put out phone numbers, call your senators, call your representatives, and do something, because, you know, it, it, it's just difficult. I, I, I mean, that's my... my um, opinion of why people, you know, don't do things. They just get busy and then, you know, they forget about it. But uh, what other reasons could there be, really? Well, actually, to be perfectly honest, I can tell you some of the other reasons. And a big part of it is fear. Um, and, I mean, I've had conversations with people within the last couple of weeks where they said, why, you know, because I asked them about signing on to the lawsuit, and they said, well, I really can't do that, and then they gave the reasons. I said, well, you know, um, because of their mortgage and this and that, and it wasn't even because of any kids in this one case. And I said, but, you know, you're not in any different situation than I am. I have a mortgage. The question is, are you willing to risk it? And I, I remind them, you know, the founding fathers risked it all. They, the, the revolution wouldn't have, would not happen today based on what I'm hearing. People are fine to sit on the sidelines and complain. They want somebody else to do it. Well, you know what? The nanny state is part of the problem here. If you're not willing to stand up and be counted, it truly is over. And just go look in the mirror and say, you know, America doesn't exist anymore. You're part of this one-world government garbage and whatever else is going on, like Hillary out there signing away our Second Amendment rights today and things like that. If you're not willing to put it on the line, there is no excuse. Uh, you know, I true when I go and say, well, okay, we're going to have some kind of a caravan to Tallahassee on such and such a date. Well, I truly do understand not everybody can make it on that date. You know, well, I have to work for a living too. <laughs> you know, I I am out there, the middle class working. I am no different than anybody else out there. But I'm just fed up to the max. And, and, you know, unless I'm going to put the white flag out there and just totally forget that I, you know, the Patriot Act, the NDAA, the Agenda 20, all these things that they're taking our, our rights, at what point will Americans stand up and be counted? If not now, then it's never. And I truly, truly believe that. It's either now or never. It's, it's 
this is, isn't going to last. Uh, we are at the brink of total collapse of anything to do with what we think of as the United States of America, and we won't even start to talk about the United States of America Corporation. Well, that's a whole other discussion in itself. But you know, um, so I'm, well, I'm you sorry. Know, I can't before we jump in on this fiduciary duties, uh, I think a lot is, uh, you know, the media has so much control over what. Uh, what we hear and, and what's fed to us. And, uh, you know, people here, you know, Floridians here, uh, you know, from the officials, they point out that the higher prices will be used to leverage, you know, nearly $2 billion for future uh, construction across the state. Uh, they hear that this will be a good thing for the state in the way of creating jobs because, uh, because after all, as of May 2012, there were nearly 795,000 people unemployed in the state, so anything to create jobs would be a good thing. And uh, I, I think this is the thing that Floridians are hearing and hearing and being so uh, uninformed as many people are. Um, uh, you know, they hear these things from the media, and they you know they think, oh, this must be a good thing, but they don't fully understand uh, you know some of the things that you're trying to point out. Well, and you make uh, – that is so much a point to this. Um, when it comes to our elections and the media, uh, the information – This, is, uh, I mean, um, Americans are truly swimming in Kool-Aid out there because of all the garbage that is being fed, and unfortunately, too many people take it. Um, I, um, In reference to the Orange County Commission meeting I went there, I, I protested it. I asked, uh, why why are we doing this when we can't afford law enforcement and education and things like that? And, of course, I, get, I can give you the garbage they give, but, but the fact of the matter is they're not representing us. And yet, while I was there protesting it, the news media was there, but not one of them. Not one of them talked about any kind of protest or opposition to it. The media is so far in bed with this government uh, that there is, you know, <laughs> when when you watch the media... You can listen to what they say, and, you know, to say that there's tolls on I-4, okay, fine, you heard it. Now go out there and do your own research on it. They only take it as a subject matter. Don't take it as any facts. Um, I went after a reporter here locally uh, in, in, with Fox 35, which, of course, Fox 35 is supposed to be what people think is the more conservative Fox News, Fox 35 kind of stuff. But um, this guy, he, he said, no, we're not covering that yet. He couldn't have cared less. He could not have cared less about the true facts of what these toll roads mean and the true facts of funding the Citrus Bowl renovation. The facts don't matter. They are strictly going out to keep the uh, political parties, the political powers happy, and reporting the facts is not the case. And the fact of the matter is, which actually a person out west is, is um, in Nevada is, is working on this right now, the fact is these um, network affiliates – they are under you know FCC regs to get their FCC license. They have to sign on to the terms in FCC Reg 99-390. Includes the very critical statement to serve the public interest. They're using the public airwaves, which by the way Congress is trying to sell. They they use the public airwaves, and in order to do that, they have a public duty and they must serve the public interest. Well, when you look at the reporting they do. They obviously violate that because not only do they not serve the public interest, they serve, they go against the public interest because of false reporting. And um, people out there in the political arena will know that's extremely true with the Ron Paul situation. A, a perfect example is a Ron Paul in the same city, the exact same city, a Ron Paul rally with 2,000 people going on, gets no media coverage. 
Romney with a couple hundred people gets coverage from all over the world. Right. So that is how slanted the reporting is. So you cannot depend on the news reporting. Only know in the sense that, okay, the issue's out there. Then you have to go talk to people who truly know what's going on, people who will challenge whatever the news media is saying. And uh, in the case of the thing with the um, Citrus Bowl renovations, and I hear this all the time in Florida, and I compare it to the Obamacare now, they say, well, the thing is, that's the tourist tax dollars. In the, the public policy for tourist tax dollars, you can't use it for transportation or law enforcement or, or schools. You have to use it for sports arenas and marketing. And I'm like saying, you don't have to keep bad policy. We hope, many of us, I don't know about you guys, but definitely me, hope that we are going to repeal Obamacare because it's bad policy. We don't have to keep bad policy. And here in Florida, now you know Florida, tell me, do you think transportation and tourism somehow go hand in hand? Do the two ever meet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think just a little. Okay, what about law enforcement and tourism? Oh, yeah. So why don't yeah. they take uh, – all they got to do is change the tourist tax allocation to allow 5% towards transportation, 5% towards uh, law enforcement. Use a piece of it, not the whole thing, even though I still object to using it for sports arenas. But they they can reallocate those funds to serve the public interest that promotes tourism at the same time. Transportation and safety are two very important things to tourism. But they don't want to do that because that's not the way they want to spend your money. Well, one thing I want to make sure I get out on this broadcast, we get a lot of listeners, especially through our archives, as you know. They, um, it's it's where this uh, where all these money comes from from these toll taxes because uh, you you sent me that email and uh, I don't have it here in front of me, but there was a toll tax up in the northeast somewhere. Uh, the lady said that the toll tax brought in like $3 billion for the year, but they only turned in $2 billion. So what happened to that other $1 billion? Now, this is what we're talking about, that this is uh, a, a lot of this money is being diverted uh, to to where? <laughs> well, that's that. see, that's truly the multi-billion, trillion-dollar question of what they're really doing. And I have requested some information from the state of Florida uh, asking about all the revenues. I'm going to try to trace back and see if something – or to what degree it's happening here. But because it, this, this – this, I don't mean to jump in here, but this, this information uh, isn't hard to find because the lady that sent you that email that you sent to me – uh, she was able to uh, she was able to discover that one billion dollar diversion fairly easy. It looked like. Yeah, she did, and in fact, I'm actually going to be working with her to help me find some of the stuff here in Florida, to to actually go dig in. And I'm trying to. I, my goal for this lawsuit is to have a five year analysis of what has happened with transportation revenues and funding in general. So that is truly my my goal on it. And people, the the other piece that goes on with this stuff, and I mean the corruption is just so outrageous. Uh, and this happens all over the place. You know, people were hearing about the insider trading deals that were going up in D.C. Well, that happens locally, too. You get a developer, and it's happening right now with the Orlando Orange County Expressway Authority. One of the board members of that, uh, which was appointed by the governor, Governor Rick Scott, his name is Scott Batterson. He is a member 
of that expressway authority. He voted on public policy. He voted on funding for the Wakaiva Parkway while he has a financial interest in the Wakaiva Parkway. That, that's, that's wrong. Yeah. These are the games they play. And then they go out there and um, the powers that be, they go out there, they're investing in land, and then then they sit on the board and decide where they want to build the road. Then they sell the land back to the government at three or four times what they paid for it. The, it is unbelievable the level of corruption tied to um, transportation. It's, it's all through the government, but I think transportation gives you a perfect um, insight to what is happening across the board. And ultimately, we the people are not served. These people in public office violate their most basic fiduciary duty, which is to serve the interest of the people. They are the fiduciary. We the people are the principal in this transaction, in this relationship. They are the agents speaking on our behalf, no different than what a lawyer is, no different than what a real estate agent is. They are there to to speak on the best interest of us. When they fail to do that and they, they lean towards whoever is giving them their campaign contributions, whoever wants to sell them land back and all these other wheeling and dealings, sweetheart deals they have going, that is the breach of their fiduciary duty. And I'll ask everybody that's out there listening, do you seriously think right now or, or do you have any – question or doubt in your mind that these people who are in public office who you elected, they swore and took an oath, and as soon as they took that oath they created that fiduciary duty to you. Do you believe that their actions are in your best interest, as in we the people, or do you think it's in their best interest in reference to their political cronies, their political interest, their own financial benefit, the insider trading deals, sweetheart deals they create? Who do you think they make that decision on? Who was it for? And if you, um, you know, if you seriously think they did everything for the people and truly everything they were doing was in our best interest, like putting toll roads out there and selling the highways off to foreign interest, if you think that's in your best interest, then keep watching TV and keep watching the football game. If you don't, then you need to join in this lawsuit because this lawsuit is focused on the breach of fiduciary duty. They do not represent the people. So it's a lot different than some of the other times when people try to go after the government for various things. We are going after them for the ethical actions that they take, which are very unethical. They are not speaking on our behalf. They are not working on behalf of the people. If they were, they would let the private sector build the Citrus Bowl. Uh, in the case of the Amway Arena here in Orlando, we already had an arena but the Orlando Magic couldn't win a game in that arena. Of course, we still owed billions on it, but that didn't matter. Uh, but the Orlando Magic just had to have a new new arena so they could win. I mean, this is the kind of nonsense of what these people do. It was all for the Orlando Magic, who was donating so much to uh, Mildred Fernandez's um, district and this and that, the games that went on. Um, so and they went ahead and did this. They blew up, explo- uh, imploded the uh, old arena, the original one, while they have this new one. But the critical fact here, which, again, I don't think it's the government's role to be in pro sports, but at the time they did that, there were private investors who wanted to build an arena by International Drive in Orlando. The taxpayers would have been out of it. But the people of Orlando and Orange County and the state helping out because they use the tourist tax, the state funding of the tourist tax, said, no, we're going to do that. It's the government's role to provide pro sports to the people. 
it, where is that in the Constitution? It, how is that not a breach of their fiduciary duty to work on our behalf? They should have let the private sector build it and run it. The private sector can build and run pro sports. The private sector cannot develop a whole interstate highway system across this country. And this is where these people fail to do what they're supposed to do. And as long as the American people sit on the sidelines and allow them, you know, get smashed in the face and, and stomped on and whatever else you want to call it, then just just admit that you're not an American anymore, that you just wimped out and you're not an American. And you have surrendered your rights, and uh, I say it's, it's we the sheeple versus we the people. Are we we the people or are we just a bunch of sheeple out there? I refuse to be a sheeple. And that's well, uh, you know, uh, you're. Uh, I like how you just put things out there, and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, like it is. <laughs> listeners, uh, listener from Minnesota and Rhode Island, I see you there. Thanks for joining us. Uh, uh, well, you know, so I, I, I'm understanding that the uh, the duties of the fidu- the fidu- fiduciary duties of the elected public servants in are to do what's in the best interest of the people which um you're saying that they are not and what we what we can do to hold these uh public servants accountable when they breach their duties is just uh, really just stand on the constitution but um now I heard you say earlier that you had you had worked and stopped the tolls on I4 now how long ago was that uh it was around 2003 there was um it was called Mobility 2020. They were going to they were going after a sales tax, and and part of that sales tax was going to be used to put tolls on I4, and it was because of the link between the I4 tolls that we think we really um, defeated the, t- the sales tax increase. So here they were doing a double whammy. They were going to increase the sales tax and then put a toll on I4 at the same time. <laughs> it was. And this is the way these people think. They um, they aren't watching out for us. And oh, there was something else you had mentioned. And you were talking about uh, this is creating jobs. Well, <laughs> how much have we heard lately about creating government jobs? The, when you're doing this, you are creating jobs, um, government jobs, which will end up having all the entitlements, all the pension plans, all the other things. This is not the way to create real jobs. I mean, you're saying, okay, well, we're going to go create a job because we, we want to create jobs, so we're going to go have someone stand on the corner and take your money from you. Is that the way you want to hire people? Is that the purpose of public service? Stand on the corner and take my money? That's what we want to hire them for? They're, they're not serving any other pretty useful purpose, to be honest. That isn't the, that's not what toll roads do. So we want to do this so that we can have them build a multi-billion dollar information uh, technology system for e, uh, e-pass, which, of course, they don't work and they screw up people's licenses, they can't talk to each other, the different systems, they have that totally hosed up. So we wanted to go take tax dollars just to hire someone so that they could take more money from us. It, it, it lacks any kind of reason, reasoning. It's not the role of the government to create jobs to take money. I mean, you know, Obamacare, great, they, they created 16,000 new IRS jobs <laughs> to take our money. <laughs> can, I, can I ask a question? And um, isn't the um, funding uh, from the fuel tax supposed to take care of uh, a lot of the uh, road construction and things of that sort? Well, exactly. And that's that's the other key to this. We already pay so much in transportation taxes. Um, the excuse that you'll hear from the Florida um, Secretary of Transportation 
I don't even have his name in front of me here. I try not to think about it. But uh, they will say that well, the cars have gotten so fuel efficient, and I then we that. have you know the electric cars, and we're not getting the revenues. Well, there are more SUVs out there today than ever before, and most of those are not what you would call super fuel efficient. And the uh, and the other, truck pay yeah. most of the um, fuel tax. Well, exactly. So th- that is totally a lie. It's a fraud on the people. And then it's like, okay, say if you want to go with the electric car thing, which, by the way, electricity is still power. It's not free f- energy. People act like you're using an electric car and you don't use energy. You do. It just comes from a different source. So you're not saving energy. It's just how you're you're getting it. Instead of at a gas pump, you're getting it from plugging it in and using coal or whatever else. But when they use that as the excuse, the, the um, electric cars, okay, if you have an electric car, when you go to register it, you will pay a mileage tax because you don't pay the gas tax. You mm-hmm. know what? But but their excuse is, well, wait a minute, we want people to use electric cars because that's supposed to be so much better, so we're giving them a tax break. <laughs> well, wait a minute, you're giving them a tax break so that you can increase my tax? <laughs> yeah. These are the, the, the silly games they play. It's nonsense. And so the, what what yeah. is this this highway tax, this toll tax? Um, what are they saying that they need it for? Well, they're saying they can't afford the, the roads. They say they don't have the money for the roads. Okay, because the transportation bill was just passed, and each state, um, I, I don't know the exact amount of money that each state was uh, allotted. Do you know? I don't know each state, but I know that Florida got somewhere to the tune of like $3.4 billion, which is okay. what's going to be used to actually do the Lexus lanes on I-4, because that's what they're going to be, Lexus lanes on I-4. And they're going to sell the Lexus lanes. They've already – I don't know whether they have the actual um, – public-private partnership, as it's called, of who's going to own those lanes, who they're selling them off to, but it's probably a foreign interest out of um, Spain and Australia called Sintra. Uh, they, they're the ones who own most of the toll roads in this country that have been sold off. Um, so they're going to uh, – the tax dollars are going to be used to construct it. Then they're going to put the tolls on it. The toll rates will vary depending on what time of day it is and whatever else is happening. The money will be going to a foreign interest, and they will control it. And there's supposed to be so much money being paid back to to reimburse um, the, the money that was spent. And then when they reimburse the money that we got for I-4, they're going to take the money and put it onto SunRail slash ScamRail for CSX. And that's well, let me ask, mm-hmm. with all the money that they just received from the transportation bill, how do they justify the um – the tolls. What well, I mean, okay, I'll just let you. I'll leave it like that and just let you answer that. Well, I mean, oh, it's so the same thing. They keep saying they don't have enough money for roads. You know, the the you know they they'll have the money that's going to give them money to do the I four um, Lexus lanes, but then it doesn't give them money for anything else. So they're going to build that, then they're going to charge that, and they claim they claim that the toll revenues go to other things, but a big portion of the toll collection money goes to their overhead. It's one of the most expensive systems there is to collect ways to collect money from people from for the for the roads. But we know for a fact they divert funds that the highway trust funds do to pay for the mass transit, bus services, um, horse trails. There's even been money for from out of transportation that went into horse trails in the past. And um the mass uh, high speed rail, these kind of things. Who do you think pays for high speed rail? It's definitely not coming out of the funds they get out of their revenues. 
even with all the riders they have in New York City, they can't um, operate the system at any kind of um, break even. So they're always taking money from other sources to f- from from one thing to another. So if they would truly take the money you pay, as as the uh, individual, the various taxes you pay for roads, your your licensing, your uh, registration fees, your gas taxes. And even truly a portion of the sales tax should go to it. There's these other sources that would easily cover the cost of the toll roads. And everybody. Is there, is there some way we can all see uh, where the money's spent? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have gone out in the past. I don't have it right in front of me. But I have gone out there. You can go to the Orlando Orange County Expressway Authority and go look at their financial statement. Uh, the last guy who was the director of the Orlando Orange County Expressway Authority was making somewhere to the tune of $250,000 to be the director of the Expressway Authority. That's an outrageous wage for that job. Mm-hmm. They overpay these people. They have massive benefits, very expensive overhead to, for these things. Um, you would never get away with it in a private business, and mm-hmm. so that's government for you. And uh, you can, again, go down. If you, a tale if of two cities, yeah. I'm thinking of. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, I think well, that's you know, well, they must have, um, I mean, they must be savvy enough to know how to uh, to hide where some of this diversion is going, just like what we were talking about earlier The, the up in uh, the Northeast, that $3 billion brought in. They reported $2 billion and $1 billion was diverted. Um, I mean, did they know where that, did, did that lady find out where that $1 billion was diverted to? Um, I, I had just gotten that information. Um, when I first got it, I immediately shared it with you. And so, again, I, I haven't had a ch- chance to speak with her about it, but I plan to. I'm going to be talking to her and try to get a little bit more information on exactly how that went. But Because we know up in the Northeast they have the same problems because they put toll roads everywhere. And, of course, people in the Northeast are typically used to the highest tax rates. But, you know, when uh, they did this, like you know, little by little, people don't understand. Florida may not have a state income tax. But we have the toll tax. We have these; uh, they nickel and dime us on taxes all over the place, um, and the toll tax to me is one of the biggest. So we are—we're not really as low taxed as people think. And the truth is, again, going to Grandma. Grandma may not have had a, a wasn't working and didn't pay an income tax, but her cost of living is going up because of these toll taxes, kind of thing. So, so yeah, I, I know I, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know you like to contend that Florida's answer to being a state with no tax, no state tax in. With no state income taxes, toll taxes. <laughs> it is basically what you're saying. So <laughs> it is very close, and it's really one. Of, it truly is the most regressive tax because you think of it. Um, think about it. Somebody who's making um, a low income or middle class person, whether it's twenty or thirty thousand or less, if they're driving across town to that road and they're they're having to pay the exact same toll tax as somebody who's making a hundred thousand dollars. So a bigger chunk of their money is going into that tax. If they were paying an income tax, they would actually have paid less because it would have been based on their income uh, versus having to pay the exact same thing. But trust me, I am not in any way suggesting an income tax for Florida. There is absolutely no reason for – in order to improve transportation, there is no reason to have a state income tax or a toll tax. Um, It should be part of the tourist tax, whether it be 5 or 10%. Or it, uh, that's one option. You can easily go out there. We have we pay three gas taxes, federal, state, and um, and county. So if it truly is that case, 
I would I put it on the ballot and say, well, would you rather pay $50 more a year in taxes at the pump when you drive, or would you rather pay 100 bucks more a month on the toll roads? <laughs> it's really not rocket science. Can I ask? Well, you know, I'm 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 more fascinated with this diversion of money. I mean, one billion dollars. I that's no chump change. I mean, to me, that's like. Uh, it's it's like the state is committing embezzlement against the taxpayers. Am I wrong? It, it is. It truly well, is. I mean, that's, uh, that's why I'm, I call it a scam. It's it's a scam, and you you got and and, and part of the other problem, and again I'm gonna go because I did this a while back. I went in and and went in and dug into where the, the these uh, figures are, the crazy things they spend money on. Because part of the time they'll say, well, we're reinvesting it in right of way. Well, yeah, that right of way was actually a sweetheart deal for somebody they knew. Um, in the case of uh, Sunrail, the taxpayers are liable for accidents on on the tracks on CSX CSX tracks. So they do all these other deals. And then here, now that you've got a foreign entity who's going to be having a partnership relationship in there, what happens is these people end up being investors. They end up owning stock in different pieces of this stuff. And, they, and sometimes it's in one of the companies. And, I mean, I have had people tell me various bits and pieces the corruption they have seen in Tallahassee is beyond belief. And they were actually asking me, was, would I be willing to get a little bit more involved to take make it a, a case? And I, of course, offered yes, I would. <laughs> I don't care. I'm, I am fed up, fed up <laughs> with the tyranny, and if I can do anything to stop this corruption, I will do what I can. And just hope and pray for the best, because I have had a car tampered with, or actually two different times had a vehicle tampered with. But I'm not going to stop. I, I don't care. Uh, Donna, you were going to say something? Um, well, I have two things. The first thing I just – could you please explain what a tourist tax is? Oh, okay. Well, the tourist tax, and every state has it. It's uh, Truthfully, it's another one of those nice scams that they get out there because they say, well, we need more money, but we don't want to tax the local residents. So how can we raise revenues while we BS the, to the local residents and we don't want to you know, risk not getting reelected and all this other stuff? So – We'll, we'll tax the tourists. So when you stay at a hotel, there's a tourist tax on it. You go out there and look, you'll see you have your regular sales tax and whatever else, but there's this um, a tourist tax. And depending on where you go, and I've done a lot of traveling over the last few years, sometimes there'll be a state tourist tax, a city tourist tax, a county tourist tax. They hit the tourist up every which way because somehow the tourists won't mind. They don't care. And then they do the same thing. There's various taxes on rental cars for um t t as a part of the tourist tax. So these are taxes that well, you know what? If we if we say it's a tourist tax, the local residents won't care. <laughs> well, you know, I um I don't truly have a problem with a reasonable tourist tax because these people they do come into the area and they impact you in a limited way. Obviously, they make money for people too. So do you tax them to death? You know, this goes back to what the free market's supposed to do. And shouldn't, shouldn't just a sales tax cover it? Do you really need to go through these things? But they call it a tourist tax, and they try to isolate it to people who are coming to your town temporarily who don't vote. <laughs> right, right. Well, the other thing is it's kind of, um, I don't know if it's related. I think it's related. Um, are you uh, aware that uh, Jason's Law made it in the transportation bill, Sally? I'm sorry, That's, that was up? I'm sorry? Uh, can you repeat that, please? 
are you aware that Jason's Law and the need for more truck parking in the country made it into the transportation bill? Oh, no, I did not know that, no. Okay. Well, we've been um, fighting long and hard over that. Um, Hope Rivenberg was the widow of one of the drivers that had uh, gotten shot and killed because he uh, he couldn't find parking. He went in an abandoned gas station, and Hope took on this crusade, um, which was unbelievable. And uh, uh, Paul Tonko uh, out of New York uh, brought the bill into the house, uh, Jason's Law. And anyway, it was passed. Well, here's the deal. When, when, when Congressman Tonko put it in, uh, it was put in for six and a quarter million dollars over six years. Well, it passed in the transportation bill. Uh, however, there was no amount of money uh, designated towards it. So uh, the states all got their money. The good thing is it has a federal priority, truck parking. And so pretty much... After DOT does their survey on the amount of truck parking available for each state, the state can put in whatever they want. So in actuality, even though there's no designated amount, it could well exceed the total of $6.25 million over six years that the, that the bill was originally requesting, and that was going to be for everybody. So getting back to um, how does this all tie in, well, the way I'm looking at it is we, the people, need to make some noise when it comes to uh, calling our reps and senators, uh, the people who are really, truly upset over this lack of truck parking. Because from what I'm hearing is the funds, if we don't take them, they're going to go somewhere else. And that's how I look at it. So the fight isn't over. Um, yeah, Jason's Law made it in the transportation bill, but if we don't really bug uh, everybody, our reps and senators, we're not going to get it for parking, and especially if DOT, after their survey, confirms that we need more parking. So I guess it's all tied together in how things work and that if we don't uh, have a voice, it's not going to happen. Am I correct? Well, most definitely, and a couple of uh, things on that. Yes, people need to be diligent about calling the the representatives. Do it the right way, but don't limit yourself. <laughs> because doing it the right way and contacting people who violate their fiduciary duties every day and who worry more about who's going to get the contract or if they could spend that money on something else, funding a, home, a family home business and things like this, that's what these people will do. They will earmark it for something else. And, of course, I have to mention this, and I know there's a few people out there who would be disappointed if I didn't say this. Um, in Florida, we have to remember who the Porker of the Month, Citizens Against Government Waste, awarded the Porker of the Month to Congressman John Micah. He is here in, um, in Central Florida. He uh, he happens to be the bo um, chair Chairman. of the Transportation Committee. Mm-hmm. So he uh, he's the one who has been pushing for Sunrail slash Scamrail since 1992, even though the people voted no. We voted no to high-speed rail. We voted no to Central Florida commuter rail and then Sunrail and then 10 million other versions of it. John Micah 
is working for his friends at CSX and others. He is not working in, in the best interest of the people because they know it's not going to make a dent in the traffic on I-4. And uh, there was a recent article, and um, uh, I can't remember which station it was. You can actually watch the YouTube on it. But, but uh, Micah actually said when they're groundbreaking for the Sunrail station uh, in Winter Park or along the Altamont, Mall, uh, Altamont area, uh, made you know when they start that construction on I four for those toll lanes they're gonna want to ride this train. His mentality is to make people suffer in traffic to try to get them in the, into his silly train, which he has no bus system to support. So there's gonna be more money needed for the buses, which will come away from, in all likelihood, be diverted from things like what you're talking about on truck parking. They will go someplace else. They will manipulate the funds any which way they can. They are doing what they want, not what we need, and people need to understand that. The other well, I want to ask you another question. Mm-hmm. Could you explain uh, to our listeners, a lot of them aren't from Florida, um, A, what is the set importance of the SunRail, um, B, how is it justified, and D, uh, why, C, why don't we need it? Well, you know, there's this massive push to, you know, in the overall scheme of things, uh, I know most people will, oh, I shouldn't say I know, uh, depending on how involved you are in the political issue, if you understand what Agenda 21 Sustainable Development is. Agenda 21 Sustainable Development is actually a UN initiative to make the world all one big green tropical forest or something, and certain things are not sustainable. As part of Agenda 21, personal transportation is not sustainable. We are moving in a direction with the, with the help of these so-called representatives that they want to limit our ability to come and go as we please. The right to to privately own an automobile is not sustainable. Anybody that is not familiar with what I'm talking about here, you can do, go do a search on Agenda 21, Sustainable Development, or send me an email. I will send you the information that explains public-private partnerships, mass transit, and private property, and what is sustainable. Uh, just for the, just just to humor some of the Floridians out there, as part of sustainable development, Agenda 21, uh, air conditioning in your home and workplace is not sustainable. That's not what the environment needs. So we are talking, we're going beyond green. This is the extreme of green, and that humans are the most worst evil thing that ever came to this planet. So they do what they can to limit what we do. And cars, we all know how many times have you heard about cars and pollution and, you know, cars are the, the evil. And so they say that we have to get rid of cars because of congestion and pollution. And they're gonna they want to replace it with mass transit. They want to limit personal transportation, personal property, personal rights, and this is mass transit. Now when it comes to John Micah, what he'll tell you and I mean I've heard his rhetoric over the years, um that you need an option, you need a mass transit option for people in Volusia County who commute to Osceola County. And you know what I say to that? If you're crazy enough to live in Daytona Beach on the coast and work at Disney or someplace further and you want to commute every day, then be stuck in traffic or go early. <laughs> I, it's not the role of me I am not the nanny of that person who lives in Volusia County who wants to work over in uh, Walt Disney World or in that area. If you make that decision, that's your decision. 
But he acts like, or their excuses, you know, we got to get rid of the traffic on I-4. Sunrail, scam rail is going to relieve the traffic. It's not. Their own 20-year studies show after 20 to 25 years, a total daily boarding is something like four to 5,000 people. Boardings, not boardings, which means 2,500 round trips. 2,500 round trips, individuals, is, does not make a dent on I-4 or any um, highway. That doesn't even it doesn't qualify. Additionally, they fail to tell you because of the way they're doing this, it's all a scam to give free tracks to CSX. It's all to do with CSX and for the people to be liable for CSX tracks in CSX. What is CSX again? Uh, they're a major freight company. They own the tracks. Okay. They're up in Jacksonville, and they are one of the biggest freight companies out there. And right now, okay. CSX owns the tracks independently, and we have had to pay millions. I think like the going rate was supposed to be one million per mile, and we're being paid. We have to pay them six million, or it, the, the number is outrageous. But again, this is another one of those sweetheart deals for the friends of Congressman John Micah. Um, people don't like me mentioning the fact that. You, you tell me, Congressman John Micah is the chair of the Transportation Committee. He's been on the Transportation Committee for many years uh, in the House. Do you think it's a little bit suspicious that his daughter's company, which was which is called Micah Strategic Communications, uh, I looked at it within the last year and it's still out there. I don't know if it's still out there today, but you can look online. Do you think it's a little bit suspicious that her clients happen to be Sanford International Airport and various transportation companies? Do you think that's kind of weird? Or is that just a coincidence? Yeah. <laughs> is that truly a, a true coincidence? Micah, Transportation Committee, now the chair of it, his daughter just happens to have clients in the transportation industry. What a cozy thing. Isn't that special? <laughs> so, so, I mean, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, I am a fan of uh of of mass transit i i grew up in new york um i used the bus systems the trains um everything you can think of and i think they're wonderful however i think you have to also have a need for them and i'm not really convinced that florida has a population um that requires this uh now have they well i, I get stopped i get stopped at the rail track railroad track quite a bit there in Ebor City and that uh, transit train is going by and uh, most of the time it's uh, it's it's quite a bit empty I mean I see a few heads in there but overall it's 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 a pretty empty train that I see well I think you have to have the bus system working with the train system uh, I mean I mean you know I grew up in Yonkers New York and I mean, you could take a bus and then a transfer to another bus and then a transfer to another bus. So it was very well, you know, organized to get from point A uh, to point B. And if you needed to get to the train station, um, then you just took a bus there and then took the train down the city or whatever, upstate or wherever you were going to go. So um, that's what I mean. I think it has to be, you know, well organized and everybody knows that Florida is so spread out I mean, for us just to go to town, it's um, and you know, grocery shopping is what about I don't know, 15 miles or so. So, uh, you know, I just think it has to be coordinated. Have they thought about this with, well, with getting <laughs> trains? 
Well, no, okay, me, you're laughing. Okay. Uh, yeah, been there, done that. I mean, you know, um, mass transit, I am not opposed to mass transit. Um, I think it should be the most efficient, least the least expensive system that you can have. The CSX tracks are fixed. You can't simply reroute them anyplace else. Uh, they are going to be putting a second track in various places so that the cars don't run into each other. Um, but, but it's all at, at uh, grade level. And within Orange County, uh, last count, there was something like 60 railroad crossings in Orange County that will be stopped during rush hour traffic. So you're going to be adding more congestion there. And then um, early on, and we, I mean, those of us who have been fighting this issue for years have said all along, you don't have the tra the uh, infrastructure to support it. You have to have a bus system to go with this. I'm sorry, if you think I'm going to drive 40 minutes to catch a train to go the other direction and take, you know, you're making my 40-minute commute directly to the place take me an hour and a half to two hours. Why would I do that? And also, here in Florida, I truly don't have, from in my own case, I don't have the desire to stand out in the lightning in the afternoon, especially if I'm coming back from the office with a laptop computer uh, in the rain waiting for the bus or the train. So it really it doesn't make sense, and it's not going to be convenient. What some of us proposed, and I truly wasn't the inventor of it, I just helped uh, facilitate communicating it and presenting it, it was Charlie Klein who came up with the bus hub system, and you could take a bus hub system, it just similar to the airlines, which he used to work in the airlines for 30 years, and create a network of bus systems so that there would be points where you could be closer to people's home, pick people up, and drop them off at transfer points so that they could get to one place to another faster. And you could make that happen for several million dollars versus billions of dollars uh, for the, the train. But see, they weren't interested in solutions. It has nothing to do with improving transportation and solutions. It has to do with who's getting the money, playing the games, total violation of any fiduciary duties. If they cared about mass transit, they would have first done the, the bus system, a hub bus system and an express bus system. There were two pieces to this. An express bus system would have been the Volusia County to uh, Walt Disney World routine to help people you know, commute that way to carpool, if you will, on longer trips um, without stopping, and then this various um, bus hub system where you'd have connecting points. And, and Charlie Klein had researched it, put the numbers out there, said here's how much the buses would cost. He had it all done. He said, mm -hmm. But they didn't care. They they listened to him when he went down to Lynx, which is a local transportation authority here in Orlando. Uh, they listened to him, but <laughs> they put it in the shredder as soon as he walked out the door. They didn't care. Right, right. Well, I know because, I mean, we live in a very rural area of Florida, and if somebody comes in from anywhere, we have to drive to either Tampa or Orlando, and it's it's a two-hour trip for us. And so many times I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if there was some kind of bus or something or direct something, but there isn't. So, I mean, on one hand, I can see a need, but on the other hand, it doesn't look like that's what's motivating this movement. Well, and the fact is, you know, because you're out in a rural area, you're going to have a bigger issue trying to get mass transit because you're not going to have the, the riders. You just, you know, it's going to make it extremely expensive, and um, it, it just it doesn't work. And the truth is, you know, personally, I would I would be happy to live out in the country and drive a little bit further so that when I – got out further, I was away from the craziness of downtown and these kind of things. So that right. would be the price I pay. 
if I choose to live out in the country, then I realize there's going to be that price to pay. Uh, right. You know, that kind of thing. It's, it's the give and take of doing that. And they keep trying as, again, part of Agenda 21, sustainable development. I'm sure many of you have heard of smart growth. Smart growth is trying to cram everybody into one little place because we don't want to touch the land. People are bad for land. We don't want humans to touch land. <laughs> and when when you look and study Agenda 21, you will see what I'm saying, as crazy as it sounds, is true. They they worship the land and condemn the human. That it, it, and this, it's crazy. And at one point in time, I would have said, Sally, you sound like a loon. And some of those are probably thinking that out there as they're listening to this. But those who have looked at Agenda 21 and see what it really is, that is it. They they don't want um, they want you living with an outhouse, not indoor plumbing. <laughs> you know, back to nature all the way. <laughs> if you know, it's not you nature, know, it's, it's not sustainable. <laughs> it's, it's funny you said that because I I just heard something on the radio last week where now they're now they're realizing that you know this all this environmentalist and stuff. Uh, the forest and the woods and forest and everything have now grown over so much. They were just talking about this last week that now wildlife is even like deer and things like that is is having trouble walking through the woods. They can't get through all the brush and everything, and it's causing a, a more havoc than good. Have you did you hear that? Yes, in fact. Um... Uh, it was just a couple of weeks back on American Statesman Blog Talk Radio. We had an individual, uh, a forester um, from uh, Oregon, who came on, and they're actually going back after the feds wanting to take their land back because they have mismanaged the forest so badly. Everything they have tried to do to um, – and it's an excellent segment, so I would encourage people to go out there and listen to it through the archive because he got into uh, talking about the spotted owl. They killed the spotted owl. They harmed it. Um, locally closer to home here in Florida, EPA is why we had the problem in the, with the Gulf spill. EPA insisted on putting the, the, those um, uh, wells further out into the deep water. If the wells would have been on the land or if the wells would have been in the shallow water, we could have stopped that, that spill much easier. And the same is exactly true for the forest. They're out there um, by not allowing nature and allowing people to manage the land, they let it grow up and it gets out of control. And then when you have a brush fire, it goes crazy like this or when it all starts. So EPA is bad for the environment. Yeah, and that's actually – I've heard that several times now. It's actually kind of beginning to make a little bit more news and not – and you know, not just on conservative shows. I mean, I've I've heard it in several places. I just kind of, I just kind of. Uh, the last time I heard, they were talking about the deer having trouble walking through the brush, and so that's going to be kind of interesting to see because that uh, the EPA has just uh, just been been disastrous, really, when you really look into it all. It has been disastrous. You think of the money we spend. The, they have the power. I mean, what they have done to harass humans, the eminent domain, throwing people off their property. Uh, EPA is one of the most evil things that ever happened to this country. And, you know, and I love the environment. I love going out into the country and uh, God's green earth. I respect it much more than anybody at the EPA agency would ever would, would dream of doing and that kind of thing. Plus, I, I used to be on the Soil and Water Conservation District Board here in Orange County. So, I mean, I have a very uh, great respect for this planet, what God has given us on this planet, much more than EPA will ever do. But EPA, it's not about that. It's about 
the smart growth cramming people managing the sheeple around. And uh, and what they have done has caused much more damage and harm than it has good, and that's just the simple fact. It's, and yeah, it's and, seeing it yeah, more and more. And, uh, yeah, I'm hearing more and more about it. Um, give a shout-out to listeners, uh, Louisiana, Missouri, California, Michigan. Thanks for joining us. Uh, and let's go, let's go to Texas here. Uh, area code, bring it up here, area code 830. Uh, go ahead. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sally. <laughs> I was going to tell him I know who that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, y'all. Great show. Thank you. Thank you. And your name? My name is Doreen. I'm damn mad Granny Taft from Texas. <laughs> oh, I, okay, yeah, you're there in the chat room going yeah, after Yeah, I am, just a typing away. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, and I used to be a truck driver and own a big rig, and I know what these guys are going through. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah, but I got over that. <laughs> I, I, I divorced the dispatchers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's one way to do it. <laughs> I, Sally, thank you for bringing up Agenda 21. What but what people don't realize, everything that's going on in Florida and across the country is all attached to Agenda 21. Uh, and I'm going to have to look more into that because I, I really haven't. I mean, this is a first for me. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I know. I can give you several websites. I think I put them down in the chat chat lobby. But uh, go to unamericantakeover.org. Uh, a gentleman I talk with on uh, their blog talk radio show, Tea Party, uh, has a lot of great information there. Uh, and you can go to un.org, which is the official United Nations website. And they will tell you all about it. Okay, I'll have to look for myself. I guess, I guess, Alan, I just get so um, absorbed in everything we do that. Well, we're not really a political show. That's why we're not. That's why we have Sally on from time to time. She catches us up on things. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know if that's good or bad, Sally, because you always get. After I have a show with you, I get riled up. <laughs> well, well, that's good. well. You know, I was so surprised the other night. Um, I hear Alan on the phone, and he looks like he's, you know, he's sounding really passionate. And I realized, wait a minute, he's on a radio show talking, um, and it was your show. So <laughs> it was an excellent discussion. I was glad he called in. <laughs> yeah, he has a way of, of getting people involved and, and getting them passionate. I'm telling you. Yeah, well, we we try to do that too, and uh, I think that's why you know you you have to have that energy, you know, in your voice, in your writing. You have to have that passion behind believing what you do, because if you don't, you're you're not really going to go anywhere. Uh, you know, right? I mean, isn't that what motivates you? You know, belief, conviction, all that. I, well, I truly believe in this, and I, I truly believe in the, what what was originally what we call the organic constitution of this country. And I truly believe if we want to stay free, uh, if we want to get back to it, because I don't think we're even free anymore, uh, Americans are going to have to stand up. There's going to have to be this the uh, Ron Paul revolution routine. And I, I've always been, I mean, I have been following Ron Paul for years. Uh, he's one person who truly doesn't change his mind. He's, and I say, you know, this, I, I kind of try to follow what he's doing because I know he wasn't real popular the first time he said the Federal Reserve needed to go away either. So, <laughs> yeah. so I just, and now they've got a lot of support on that one, huh? 
Yeah, oh, he sure does. And people are realizing what he was saying was true. And it's like, if you can prove to me what I'm saying is wrong, I'm a reasonable person. I'm an analyst by profession. And that's why I ask a lot of questions and why I dig into things. So prove to me why this is a good thing for us, because everything I show, and we'll get into more of the true cost of toll abuse here in a few minutes, but um, show me why this is a good thing for the people, because I happen to like being free. I like to, I like to be able to go out and get in my car and go drive across this country if I feel like it. But that isn't what these people want. This is not the the socialism, one world order government thing that that they're moving towards with Agenda 21. And um, uh, again, for those who probably aren't as involved in this kind of stuff, is there's what's called ICLE. It's the International Council of Local Environmental Initiatives. Environmental Local Initiatives. I think I said it backwards. Um, but it's. Can you imagine? Uh, the UN, this is Agenda 21, U UN initiatives telling us what we do in our communities here in the United States of America. And then we have a president who now says the UN and NATO tell us when we go to war. Wait a minute, what happened to America? Mm -hmm. <laughs> have we already fallen? Do, do, does America truly stand? Does it exist anymore? And this is happening in, you know, the transportation. I, I got into this a while back, and when I saw what was happening here, and I know that transportation touches every single American, every person on this continent one way or another. Every one of us are impacted by it. This isn't something that, you know, I never go to a pro football game. I don't care whether there's pro football out there or not. I can live without it. There's not too many of us who can truly not uh, survive without transportation. What happens to transportation? And transportation is key to national defense, national security, law enforcement, emergency evacuations. It's not strictly me joyriding. So when I got into this, I'm like, this shows how corrupt this government is. This shows this government doesn't work for us. We're, you know, it's supposed to be our government. <laughs> it's not. It's been taken over, and that's where... Uh, when I came up with the American Statesman, which it wasn't, again, Charlie and I came up with it together, American Statesman Blog Talk Radio, it's like, okay, my favorite line out there, and it's on the, the blog page, um, what's the difference between a politician and a statesman? I don't know. A politician works for the next election. A statesman works for the next generation. The United States of America... Starting back in 1871, when they did the U.S. Corporation, I'll go back even that far, the, the United States of America has been invaded by politicians. Forget Al-Qaeda. <laughs> Al-Qaeda yeah. is not our, our threat. It's the politicians who reside in public office everywhere. The cancer that has gone totally through this country is the public, um, the elected public servant who is a politician and not a statesman. Fire every single one of their sorry you know what. Get rid of all of them. Well, that'd system. be rough, Sally. Um, <laughs> oh, just no, 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 no. That's why they want to eliminate them. That's called eugenics. Now, how are they going to do that? They'll do that through uh, genetically modified foods. They will do that through uh, dumping chemicals on us from the chemtrails. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, listen, I appreciate the call. I'd I, be honest with you, I'm, I'm not into all the conspiracy theories, and I don't want to go there. Uh, but, Sally, let, we, will, we will look into this uh, Agenda 21 and, and everything, but um, I, I, I just, I'm just not going to go into all the conspiracy theories. Um, 
Uh, look, the time's running down. I know the section that fills this, and we've gotten away from these tolls into uh, wiping out uh, mankind, so let's get back on the tolls. The section that fills this impact most often is the uh, Florida State trucking industry, owner-operators, this kind of thing, higher toll rates, uh, more difficulty in navigating around toll roads. So what would you like to tell the state trucking industry owner-operators, though, that are listening to the show on how they can help you with your cause concerning this toll issue? Well, I need for them to contact me, and I'll, um, my email address, and you've got it as well, um, S-A-L-L-Y-L-B-A-P-T-I-S-T-E at A-T-T dot net, and put in the subject line, um, mad trucker, or tired of tolls, whatever, so that I'll know that it's in reference to this, and make uh, truth about trucking in the subject line, let me know that you want to get involved and that you're tired of it. Uh, let me know, are you willing to sign the lawsuit? And this goes, the lawsuit is for everybody, not strictly trucking. But if you, are you willing to sign the lawsuit that they have violated their fiduciary duties, they don't represent the people? And are you willing to uh, participate in a caravan up to Tallahassee? Are you willing to participate in a showstopper, toll road stopper, on um i i will pick uh, recommend having it on like a monday or tuesday rush hour traffic in the morning where you're going to jam everybody up and the news is going to have to cover the media we have to force the issue in front of the media because the media will always do what they have to to keep their politicians happy um, at the expense of us because they don't believe in reporting the truth anymore and so we have to force the issue in front of the people we know if we get just a little bit of time out there in front of the people, we know that the people are going to uh, speak up. Most people, one, don't know what's going on with this stuff because the media doesn't report it thoroughly. And two, um, they feel like they don't have, an, have a choice and a way to do something. Together, we can do this. Alone, I can't do it, but if we all work together, we can shut down this toll road. There have been various Senate bills up in D.C., um, and I don't have them with me in front of me right now, where they were uh, going out there trying to protect the rights of people to the Freeway Act. But the special interest, the special interests have so much undue influence, and you know, most, <laughs> the only reason I knew about it is because I'm in this thing and I get into the politics of it, and I found out about these bills. But the average uh, truck driver, motorist, citizen out there, uh, working, uh, working stiff out there, didn't know a thing about it because the media refuses to report it. If the media puts it out there, the people get pissed off and start talking about it. But the, the media plays the games with the politicians against the public interest. So once again, the news media violating FCC Reg 99-390 serve the public interest. The media sir, is actually serving against the public interest by their lack of uh, slanted reporting, lack of reporting failure to report kind of stuff so please let me know that you're serious about it and um the people who will sign on to the lawsuit i've even put it out there I said you know here's something to think about if you had the chance if you had the opportunity would you would you take advantage would you want the opportunity to go into a court of law and make it public record this government is not serving my interest this government is serving the special interest and getting in bed with the um, various lobbyists, those who line their wallets, to the detriment of me and every citizen American out there. 
uh, would you want to say that in a court of law? Would you want to say, I have no reason to trust the actions of this government? I don't trust what they are doing. They are not working in my behalf. If you would like the opportunity to say that, tell me that you want to sign on to the lawsuit. Because you know what? If if just a small handful of us go out there, even though we may represent millions who believe the same thing, if there's only a small group of us who who um, sign the dotted line, take action, the media will ignore us, and the politicians will just laugh at us. So yeah, a bunch of gadflies. Just ignore them. They'll go away. We can tromp on them. They don't matter. The people don't matter. We're going to do what we want to do. However, if we have several thousand people at that courtyard, at that courthouse, ready to say, you know what, I want to testify. Here's what this government has done to me. Here's where they took my land away. Here's where they uh, refused to let me commute. And they're worried about bike lanes that nobody uses why, because that's more green. That's the environmentally green stuff. At, at the same time, they um, are to, to, charging me a toll tax for something I don't use. It, you know, it goes on and on and on. And, you know, the thing with the toll roads, that's only one thing. Think about uh, the Citrus Bowl. The Citrus Bowl is not trans- transportation, but it's another example of their reckless use of our money. That's our money. It's tax dollars. It's not theirs. Why are you te- Why are you wasting my money on a stinking football stadium when you can't afford law enforcement, schools, or transportation? Core core things that are important to this society. What we all need. What truly promotes the general welfare of the community. What you are reckless and you are violating your fiduciary duties when you do that. Are you willing and do you want to have a chance to say that in a court of law? If you do. We can make a difference. If it's only going to be me and two or three other people, they're just going to laugh at us and throw us a bone so they get lost, whatever. I doubt Mike would even throw me a bone, but that's another story. Uh, so that wouldn't happen. But there was one other thing. Uh, Donna, you were talking about how do you figure out who to vote for. It's, it's yeah. really quite simple. You know, <laughs> I've been working with Go, which is a, it's getoutofourhouse.com, G-O-O-O-H.com. And they help citizens run for office. Their whole point is to retire the career politician. This government was not founded, this country, the founders did not believe in career politicians. It was citizen representation. So do you have a a citizen representative or do you have a politician, a career politician? There's truly only a few that I would say, Ron Paul being one of them, um, Jeff Sessions from Alabama, There's, there's a few people out there that I believe truly hold to their beliefs, who are truly statesmen the whole way through and never cave in to the dark side of the political arena. Very few, though. Very few. And I would have to say I would risk sacrificing a few of the good people in the interest of getting true citizen representation. So to me, if they've been in, there there should be no career politician. If they're a career politician, I will not vote for them. I will not vote. I will vote for anybody, and please, one of the oh, the most annoying things to me, which is so key to what's happening here, and George Washington knew it. This is nothing new. Political parties. Would you please be an American and vote for America? If you're just going to push a button because of an R or a D or whatever sign is next to it, you're not doing your job. To follow along with what these political parties have done, you are part of the problem. 
and I say that in all sincerity, and it was George Washington's farewell address. Go out there and read it if you don't believe me. He said, the political parties will divide us. We will no longer be a one uh, nation, a united nation, a one people. We will be divided. It will destroy us. And the major problems we have today are linked to the political parties. That's why Charlie and I have the other action out there that we are working on, which is called We the People versus the Ballot Box Establishment. It is the corruption of our elections. And you know what? The Republican Party, the Republican um, voters, do not like Mitt Romney. They don't like Mitt Romney. They, m- many, many more of them like Ron Paul, but because of the way the games have been played with the media and with the RNC – they have gone out there and sabotaged Ron Paul's campaign. They have threatened the delegates of their own convention. There is a legal suit right now. RNC delegates are suing the RNC for harassment and threatening, threatening them if they don't vote for Romney. So do not vote for a party. Would you vote for a person? I have uh, encouraged, and I did just like George Washington, no party affiliate. I will never again be part of a political party. Never. Be well, in America. Well, yeah, uh, you've got a uh, big task ahead of you. Listen, my time's almost up here. I, I know you used to be on a. Uh, you were a guest on Bud Hedinger's show. I mean, have you have you been getting any of those? Uh, uh, have you been on any of those shows around here lately, like that? I have not been on Bud's show in quite a while. Um, Bud sort of kind of changed. Um, I got confused with some of the message that Bud was out there saying. And so I, you know, and part of the time I had been traveling and I was out of town anyway and I couldn't hear the show and things like that. So so I have not really, at one point, Bud and I were pretty strong alliance, um, allies yeah. fighting the toll roads. Uh, uh-huh. He was, you know, he was for commuter rail all along, but he finally even backed off on that. But I really haven't heard a whole lot from, from him lately on that. Um, to be honest, I just haven't been involved in some of his stuff. And when I uh, um, contacted him on some other issues, and at first he was going to let me come on and talk uh, about it, but then all of a sudden they said, no, we're not going to talk about it. And I'm like, okay, this is an issue, and all of a sudden. So, and I, I don't really yeah. think it was, I don't know that it was Bud or it was the channel, the station, um, who said, no, we're not going to talk about that. So then I said, well, I guess they're going to the left also, and, you know, they're whatever. You know, so, so I, I have Yeah, really I, had, I hadn't heard from them in a while. I mean, they moved them to 6 a.m., so I don't catch them, but uh... – but I always liked the show, and I knew you had been on there a couple times. I was just wondering. But uh, you got a big task ahead of you, Sally. We'll uh, we'll uh, keep in touch with us, and uh, hope hope you can get what you're working for done. Yep, and you know we didn't even get into the true cost of the toll roads. What it uh, we we did touch on a few things, but. <laughs> I know, I know. We never have enough time, but, uh, you know, hey, we'll bring you back on. We'll do it again. (laughs) Sounds great. Thank you so much, and I have enjoyed it. Hey, and people can get a hold of you, too, through your uh, website, uh, AmericanStatesman.org, correct? Correct. You can go through AmericanStatesman.org, and also we do have American Statesman Blog Talk Radio. Now our shows do kind of collide here, but uh, you can always listen to them through the archives as well. So please listen to American Statesman Blog Talk Radio, and definitely, definitely let me know if you're ready to stand up and be counted. uh, It should be all about we the people, not we the sheeple. All right, Sally. Well, thanks for coming back on the show. Appreciate it. And uh, stay stay in touch with us. Okay. Thank you again. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. And uh, Sally Baptist, AmericanStatesman.org, and catch your show 
uh, right here on Blog Talk Radio at blogtalkradio.com forward slash American uh, Statesman. And quick break, and when we return, we'll drag Donna back in here for weekly announcements, and we'll wrap up this broadcast of Truth About Trucking Live. Be right back. You're listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live and AssetTrucker.com with an important message for owner operators and fleet owners. Hot John Incorporated is a company that makes the Dynasys APU, and if you're considering an auxiliary power unit for your truck but thought you just couldn't afford it, you need to talk to the Dynasys guys about their all new financing program. The Dynasys APU saves fuel and provides AC, heating, plug in power, all of those comfort necessities you deserve when you have to shut down for your mandatory break. It's definitely the smart way to be comfortable and save money. Their finance program is designed to make your monthly payment nearly half of what you're spending on fuel with their goal of making APUs available for every hardworking driver. They realize that times are tough and that credit is hard to come by, so they offer full credit plans giving all owner-operators and fleet owners a guaranteed financing opportunity. They can even get you hooked up with grants that can cover APU costs as well. Give them a call at 1-800-289-8282. It's Toll free 1-800-289-8282 or just Google search Dynasys APU. Visit them online at hotjohn.com. That's H-O-D-Y-O-N.com. The Dynasys APU, the best solution to engine idling. Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. There's a lot of copycats out there, but you know, there's only one. Truth About Trucking Live. Now, back to the show. Okay, Donna, we've got to play catch-up here. What's going on? Can you do it in about eight minutes? I I knew that was coming. Um, Okay, I'll try to make it real quick. (laughs) Show ends. Um, Just a couple announcements. Um, ELBR, everybody knows it is in the Highway Transportation Bill. Uh, However, okay, um, there is a provision in the Annual Transportation Appropriations Bill uh, that, that, by the way, that's not the highway bill that prohibits uh, DOT from spending any money by implementing EOBRs, and um, that's pretty much taxpayers' money, and because it's taxpayers' money, uh, FMCSA, uh, who, you know, depends on taxpayers' money, really can't do anything about that. Um, So pretty much it's in there, but, you know, it can't be funded. Uh, The provision um, was a work of Landry and uh, Rail, and it was uh, an amendment to the spending bill that passed in the House. Now, here's the other part of that. It now has to go, uh, the appropriations bill still has to pass in the Senate. That could be a while. 
Um, and I know OIDA is like hot on this big time. So uh, they'll be sending everybody out their uh, announcements if you're on their mailing list and, you know, letting you know when to start calling your uh, senators because I know we did. I know just about everybody I know called up their representative um, about the amendment. So uh, that's the update. I mean, there's so much more to it. I mean, if you really want to know about what's going on with the OBRs, you know, just go to either Landline or Overdrive. Todd Dills has you know, an, an incredible amount of articles uh, on EOBRs, you know, from months ago. Uh, pros, cons, and mostly the cons of it because a lot of the drivers, uh, you know, write, write to him. But he does keep it pretty pretty objective. Uh, but anyway, so uh, that's kind of like the, the short version of EOBRs. Um, Jason's Law, if you were listening to the show earlier, yes, it is in the transportation bill. It is a victory. Did it get the $6.25 million for six years? There is no um, specific amount of money allotted. However, and this is huge, um, it is a federal uh, priority, truck parking. So the money that the states get, they could actually use more, uh, much more than um, than the money that was originally in the bill uh, presented to the House from Congressman Paul Tonko and in the Senate by uh, Charles Schumer. So, um, you know, it's still a huge victory. Now, like we were saying before, um, and I hope you were listening to this, it's up to us still. You know, the states have this money, and the DOT will be doing surveys, uh, uh, including them in their surveys that they originally did for the roads and bridges. Well, they'll be including truck parking, and we'll be able to access that information. But, you know, I don't think any of the truckers, um, Alan, I'm sure you can attest to this, they don't need a survey to tell them that uh, they need more parking. I mean, that, you know, but it's out there for the public to see, and it would be up to us to make sure that that money that goes to the state is not earmarked and that it truly will go. So it's a huge victory in the sense that the funds really aren't limited, Uh, but on the other side of that, it's going to be up to us to make sure that they are used for um, what, what they were intended for, and since truck parking is a priority. Um, you know that that's that's what they should be used for. So anyway, we're gonna we're gonna have Hope Rivenberg on, and um, I know uh, Alan's trying to get a hold of Paul Tonko's office. You know, Congressman Tonko's been on our show, you know, a few times. Um, he's just a great guest. He answers questions. He's to the point, and he's wonderful. So we're gonna be working on that for you. Um, Okay, as far as, uh, this is, let me get my other set of notes here. Um, Second Annual Truck Driver Social Media Convention. Uh, I get excited when I, when I hear those words. October 27th, 28th, uh, at Harris Hotel, and that's in North Kansas City, Missouri. It is RSVP only. You need to get your reservations in. Uh, it is $99 for a two-day event. That includes all your food, the refreshments, the speaker presentations, the open forum 
to speak about the issues. It's going to be videoed, uh, and, you know, we'll have, like we did last year, the, the one-hour CD available plus the upload to YouTube, so you'll be able to see um, all, all the videos on that. There are th- – this year, Cobra came through with $5,000 worth of gifts to drivers. That's uh, four times more than last year, and it's just a huge amount of gifts that they're bringing in. I mean, these are really nice things we're talking about um, – uh, LCD radios. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the list. And you, okay, you got three minutes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> navigation systems, GPSs, Bluetooth, so so forth. Uh, speakers: Paul Taylor, Paul Taylor Trucking Employment Law, Richard Wilson of Trans Products, Elaine Papp of the FMCSA, Kyla Lieberg, Truckers Against Trafficking, Rick Ash, Truck Driver Health, Chris Voss, Social Media, James McCormick will be there. And Hope Rivenberg, who we're talking about, who helped pass this uh, Jason's Law in the Transportation Bill, she'll be there. Uh, we've got a Pride in Your uh, Ride truck contest, huge uh, prizes and trophies. KC Trucker is going to be judging all that. That's Dan Harmon. Um, I can't tell you, we have the Making a Difference Award. The winner last year was Hope and Rivenberg for his, her work on Jason's Law. She'll be passing that off. We haven't announced the winner yet. We're still in the voting process, so get on Facebook and start voting. We'll make another announcement soon so we can get that winner announced, and then there'll be the new Jason Rivenberg Making a Difference Award. Um, I did want to, I don't know, how, how much time do I have, Alan? Uh, about two minutes. Okay, I have two minutes. Okay, well, my computer, uh, hold on. Uh, I just want to announce and our gratitude to our sponsors this year. Um, we have a pilot, a Travel Centers and Challenge Magazine. Uh, we have uh, Dynasys uh, APU, that's Hajion. We have International Trucks, which is part of Navistar. We have and my computer. I'm really sorry. It just locked up, and I'm looking off of the uh, off of the list of everybody. So um, I'm going to have to go from memory. Trip Sheet Central, um, Lone Mountain Truck, Air Dock, um, Zada Corporation, Cobra, and like I said, this is memory now. Uh, um, Idle Air. Idle Air, Truck Drivers, Money Saving Tips, Casey Trucker. Transport Watch. Um, oh Lord, I hate this. Um, oh, a trucker's wife blog just became a bronze sponsor. That's Kathy Cass. Uh, Real Women in Trucking. And Lord, I hope I didn't forget anybody. And if I did, I apologize. But my computer just locked up, and I was looking at the screen. Oh, there it is. Trans Products and Trans Services. Um, and, and there again, another returning sponsor from last year. Um, that's with Rich Wilson. And you know, oh, truckertotrucker.com. Uh, David, uh, David and Alan Ayers from Alan and Ayers Production. They're another sponsor this year. Uh, hold on, I think my computer just came back. Here it is. Yeah, I think I got everybody. <laughs> <laughs> We squeeze you in there. How can we always go over when we have Sally on? Oh, I. <laughs> she's always a great guest, though, and boy, she's passionate about what she does. But all right, sounds good. That will do it for our show this evening. Thanks again to our guest, Sally Baptist of AmericanStatesman.org. Be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites. And.
And registration time is coming up soon, so be sure to reserve your spot at the second annual Truck Driver Social Media Convention in Kansas City, Missouri. Check it out at truckingsocialmedia.com. And uh, while you're there on your computer, jump on over to TonyJusticeMusic.com and grab your copy of his On the Road CD. And you can also find it at all Pilot Flying J Travel Centers nationwide. The title song was written by country music superstar Kenny Chesney, so it's a great CD to add to your collection. So here's fellow trucker Tony Justice with On the Road. And check it out at TonyJusticeMusic.com. Until next time, on behalf of Donna Smith, TruthAboutTrucking.com, AskTheTrucker.com, TruckingSocialMedia.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, and thanks for listening. Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.